What is up? I'm Miguel Antonio, and you are listening to the Live and Create podcast. It's where I interview artists and entrepreneurs about what it means to live a great life and create great things. And before we jump into today's episode, I'd love for you guys to check out my band, Run With It. It's at Run With It Band, TikTok, Twitter, Snapchat, at Run With It Band. You can also follow us, runwithitband.net. That's runwithitband.net. And on today's episode, we have Caleb Hurley. Caleb is one of the founding members of Fox Royale. He is their keys player and primary background vocalist of the group and has been part of the touring act since junior high. Caleb, in this episode, he shares his story of being recruited into his band in junior high uh, in, amongst a bunch of college students. And ultimately, he, he leaves high school early to hit the road. It's a really fascinating story uh, in, to hear how he got to where they are now. And then he also pulls back the curtain to show where, where their band has, what their band has been learning uh, through this time of COVID and through working to fulfill a publishing deal because they recently had been signed and they're learning a whole lot about that world and he, again, he unpacks some really cool uh, things that they're learning there. We talk songwriting, touring while married, band dynamics, and so, so much more. The Live and Create Podcast. I didn't realize this about you guys, that you had started in junior high. Like that, that's an yes. amazing road for you guys. That, so, I was in junior high. Um, everyone in, in the high? band, everyone in the band is older than I am. Okay. So... Um, my my big brother is our lead singer, Nathan. Nice. Okay, and he knew uh, Evan, our drummer, in high school, and they did this traveling choir thing with a Christian college here in Joplin, and they would go play like worship shows at okay. like churches that supported the school, and that's how they met. And when they went to college, their first year in college together. They started the band and practiced in my bedroom all the time because we lived like five minutes away from Perfect. the school. So that was how I got involved was like uh, there was another du- there was another dude on keys and doing like a bunch of different instruments. And I didn't know how to play anything. And once he quit, I sort of like took over because I was the only one around. <laughs> <laughs> so they handed you like a MIDI controller and a laptop and said, you better start learning. Actually, at that point, it was uh, a banjo because we were a drastically different band. That was 2013 wow. when that okay. happened. Yeah. So you were learning banjo, like to learn all the roles, doing all that, that kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, uh. I begged my dad to buy me a banjo so that I could join the band. Um, <laughs> my, uh, uh, to, to his credit, my dad was like, all right, this is what you want to do. He's like, if you, if you want to do music, I will, I'll support you. He bought me a really nice banjo. And then I sold it a few years down the line to pay for a vehicle repair. Uh, when we were touring, I've had well, to, it was, it was I've had to do that vehicle. before. It was a touring vehicle. It wasn't just like I was like fixing a like a crappy Taurus or something like that so that I could still go to my pizza delivery job. But right. (laughs) It's to keep the music going instead of to keep the music going. Yeah. I love Um, it. Now they were so they were already touring at that point when they're one, you you said they're rehearsing in your room in your room. Did they just like kick you out and like, sorry, bro, we we got shit to do. Like, what was the deal? We had a weird uh, situation in uh, my my brother and I's house growing up where uh, his bedroom 
had a uh i think it was i don't know what the term was uh it, it was like a bonus room attached to his room okay that was like a like a really really big walk-in closet <laughs> that was my bedroom Damn. it was it wasn't it wasn't as bad as it sounds it was like it was as big as this room here so like, like we're not saying we like, don't love you as much as your brother but here's your room Got I had it. more windows than him, which was weird. It was like it had a lower ceiling, which didn't matter. But like it was it was the same square footage. So it was fine. It was okay. okay. It felt like living in a hobbit hole though, a little bit. <laughs> like it was like, it's like I was a little just adventure. Like a yeah. To your room it was, it each was time. Nice. Yeah. But that and became the, the de facto band rehearsal room at the same time. Yeah. Yep. And then when my brother went off to college, I took his bedroom. And then cleared it out and had like, I basically had like a separate office attached to my bedroom through high school that we <laughs> used as like a studio space. Well, and that's Honestly, amazing that, that they pretty sick resource. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. They recruited you in though. And you didn't know any banjo at all. Like, but being around the, your brother and being around the band, was it already kind of getting inside of you, like this love for the music, this passion for the music, or was it then that it, it sparked? Um, honestly, uh, for the most part, I didn't enjoy being in a band in junior high. Huh. <laughs> like I, uh, I, I missed a basketball game once to go, play a show that was like it, it was looking back it was it was fun but like it was not like a glamorous show like right. it was like in like a church parking lot somewhere and like <laughs> they put you on the bed of a trailer or something oh yeah yeah yep. you, sounds like you've uh, you've been there <laughs> <laughs> i have <laughs> yeah uh it was uh it, it was it was stuff like that that like i was very like small scale like I, I didn't see i had no clue how important it would eventually be for me to like be in this band so i was just like my brother was like no it doesn't matter like you have to be you have to be at these shows if you're going to be in the band and i was like well i don't know what else i don't have any other sort of plan so i was like yeah i'll, I'll do it my dad was like like he would like like he would like 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 really stress like the importance of like committing to stuff like that and right um at the time it was like i would play banjo on like one or two songs and then i'd play like a tambourine or a shaker and i'd, I'd sing a harmony because i this was before i hit puberty my voice was like really high yeah i can sing yeah so that was the role that I filled and I was super self-conscious on stage. So I was okay. like, I was an insecure, like eighth and ninth grader. Right. Playing like uh, a, a tambourine next to some of the greatest musicians I've still ever met. Like, <laughs> you're like, <what laughs> then once happening? I started hitting puberty and it, like singing became a lot harder. It was, uh, <laughs> They had like a year and a half where they're taking like, mics away from you. Yeah. Is that what it was? <laughs> like, let's turn Caleb down. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing though. Like you're, you're literally living out like the puberty transition, like in a rock band or well, a folk band at the time. 
right? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. uh, amongst all these like twenty somethings, if I mm-hmm. if I understand that right, uh, they they were like they would have been like like my brother would have probably been like nineteen at that time, okay. and I think they uh, Evan would have been about twenty. And then we had a bass player who is no longer with us. Uh, he's not dead. He just moved right. on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's still alive. He can still see him. It's not bad. Yeah. <laughs> all yeah, all the um, transitions of being in a band that yeah that can be tough. So you're you hit this. You're missing some basketball games. It sounds like you're maybe kind of annoyed that you're missing it. A little yeah, bit. I just I, I, I don't really. I didn't have the vision for it that those guys had because I couldn't really comprehend doing something that interesting at right that age, like <laughs> like a 13, 14 year old. It's like, it's like, obviously I'm not going to be in a band forever. Like, I'm just like, why, why would I, I I'm going to be in the NBA. Obviously. Of course. <laughs> of course. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and I have a 13 year old at home and, uh, and yeah, he's not thinking necessarily long term at this point. Um, yeah, but but for you, where did? Because honestly, like meeting you, I met you guys when you're still uh, guys on a bus. Was that the guys on a bus? Yeah. Yes. Um, and even then, like I remember the first time I met you guys, uh, I opened for you guys at um, the Rhino. The Rhino, yeah. City. And you guys just seem so focused which i loved like i love whenever i meet artists who are like we are doing this and we're doing it for real (laughs) and then we've played you know i think you guys brought me out to joplin sometime and then just been following you guys and through the transition it's is it fox do you say fox royal i i kept saying royale royale okay like the royale with cheese from pulp fiction nice and i've been i was i've actually been saying fox royale and then today i was like oh shit Am I, I like started second guessing myself, <laughs> but so, so yeah. I've been saying it right. Cool. And man, you guys are obviously on a huge trajectory. So where did it switch so. for you guys as a band and for you personally from, you know, like kind of just playing these shows, doing tambourines to where like, damn, let's put our all into this. Um, honestly, my, my brother has always been so focused and driven and he's always known exactly what he was going to do he and like at this point anytime someone's like oh i'm not sure like if i can keep doing this like anytime we've had those discussions like uh things are things are kind of rough right now at home or anything like that he's always like hey do what you got to do he he'll tell you he's like i am going to be in a band and I am going to make my living in a band. And I, I love it. think he's been he's been saying that since he was like probably 17 or 18. And he has been like, no questions. Like my he has been so driven and focused since forever. And I think I I I kind of caught up with him eventually, but for a while I was just hanging out and just sort of like getting carried by his dedication (laughs) you're riding the wave of his passion (laughs) yeah and 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 now i i am very much like i love what i do and i i I don't want to do anything else i dropped out of college uh i took my ged in my sophomore year so i could tour um (laughs) that's awesome all the time and yeah that was uh looking back that was not a smart decision but i it hasn't come back for me yet. So 
<laughs> That's amazing. Uh, a buddy of mine, kind of different scenario, uh, but uh, they're like 20-something years married, and almost every anniversary he'll post. They all said we were stupid, and honestly, we probably were, because I think they got married at like 17. He's like, but mm-hmm. 20 years later, here we are. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like sometimes those those choices where we're like, man, that was dumb. It kind of yeah. guides you there, you know? So yeah. that's, I, that's I really it. cool. Well, and yeah. it, it seems like this world, there's no there's no one fit, foot in, one foot out. You know, it's yeah. uh, a bass player we used to have touring with us. Uh, he, he actually, so music was his plan B. Uh, and he was he was actually his plan a was acting <laughs> so oh, wow. you know he, he has like super stable <laughs> choices like all of us apparently in this world yeah. but uh but he said he remembers like uh i think it was his first day uh studying uh drama at k-state and they told him they're like if you can imagine yourself doing anything else like literally anything else and being happy seriously drop out go do that thing because mm-hmm. you do not want to go down this road if if you have other desires like other passions elsewhere and it, yeah. it really is true it's like i've tried other businesses I, I owned a roofing company like done all sorts of stuff and it always just kept bringing me back because it was like mm-hmm. i it, it seems like i believe this and it, it, you almost have to to make it in this world yeah so with your brother having this passion was it a thing of him coming alongside of you and like like stirring things up in you or was it just you being around it and eventually you started having that same focus so i think the first time we sold out a show in joplin was when i was like like the first time i played like a big show which big was probably like like 200 people which in the grand scheme of the music industry isn't a lot but i'm i'm sure like you and me know like that's that's, that's a moment that's a lot that, that's a <laughs> yes. moment like uh, when you've been playing clubs for like 10 of your friends or like driving to oklahoma for and playing we drove to oklahoma once and played for literally the staff of yeah. the bar and we're like oh Jesus, yeah this sucks we had plenty of those like <laughs> plenty of those uh, just just about just about every state i think in the mainland to the u.s we probably had one of those that, but, uh, that painful first time in the new market uh that's why yeah. i love so so far is so so cool so far is awesome way. yeah that's what i think i did a, a show in portland and it, i was like this is amazing my first time here i got to play for like 60 70 people that love mm-hmm. music you know and i'm like normally it's yeah 10 people if you're lucky <laughs> yeah but, so you you had this sold out show you got these 200 people there. Is it a thing you walk out on stage and you're like, shit, this, this could be real. Um, it was, it, 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 so there was, there was other bands on the bill. So I was like, Oh, this is, this is, it's about like, it's about them. It was our album release show, but I was like, Oh, this is definitely like, everyone's here for these other bands. They're staying to be nice. Cause it's this self-talk thing, you know? And right. then, we uh, we finish our set. This is about 2017. This was the Guys on a Bus album release show. And we finish our set and they cheer for an encore. And I'm like, this is the first time this has ever happened that I recall, like getting an encore. And so we play another song and they cheer for another encore. <laughs> and we play another song and they cheer for another encore. And we have to go up and tell them we don't have any more songs. <laughs> And it was like, like, I feel like that was one of the first moments that I ever felt like, uh, 
uh, people believed in me. Like I was, hmm. I, I was out of high school. I would have been a junior if I'd stayed in and I had friends from high school that had like showed up and it was like, like I had uh, like family that had driven from uh, like, you know, a couple hours away. And I had a lot of extended family that had showed up and it wasn't like, Oh my gosh, my band is huge and famous now. And I have all these, all these rabid fans. It was like, no, I, I, I felt like people believed in me, which is like, mm. like sort of lit, lit that fire. I think it comes back wow. to that moment. Um, probably, uh, That's pretty cool. uh, uh, another big moment was, uh, uh, the first booking agent we ever had, um, meeting him and him being like, I want to work with you guys was, was nice. Even it did come after us pestering him a lot, but you know, it's <laughs> once, oh, he, once he hear that, industry. it's like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it's saying it out loud. I, I realized that I do kind of thrive on external validation, which might not be great, but Hey, it's, <laughs> it's, it's not, well, <laughs> it's kind of an, it's kind of a field in which you, you get you get into for some of that external validation <laughs> I, I play with other folks where he's like like he's like you guys got to admit like we're all kind of narcissistic a little bit we're like let's oh, throw yeah. a big party at some club and get people to come watch us do things <laughs> mm-hmm. so it's all but i it's so cool to hear though that perspective of it wasn't necessarily like i feel like a rock star it was like what I hear you kind of saying is like the people closest to me, like your family driving, like the people who are around me literally believe in me and in what I'm doing. And that's, that is a huge thing. Like, and there's not everyone gets that, you know? And, and so that's really cool that, that you have that support behind. Yeah. I love it. So for, for you guys, it seems like you've established a lot of different markets uh, throughout the U S right. What, and you, I mean, you dropped out of school, as a sophomore in high school to tour. So what, and how long ago was that? Uh, that would have been, uh, 2017. I would have done that. 2017. Okay. Yeah. So has it been, I guess what's, if you could paint a picture for me, for the audience, what has that tour life look like for you guys as you begin, as you've begun to establish things? Um, it has looked, uh, very, very different throughout the years. Um, uh, the first booking agent that we had uh, was a, was another guy who was in his own band, so he was he was booking a lot. Oh, did I just lose you? Okay, you're back. All right, sweet. Sorry. <laughs> uh, he uh, booked a lot of like like DIY like like show trades basically. Right. So um, he would message he would he would Facebook message like every band that he knew in every individual city. And then uh, he would just, he would ask them like to put together a show for us, like, like, like very DIY style. Like it wasn't like, uh, we wouldn't show, like it wasn't always like the Rhino or like the Vanguard in Tulsa or like places like that. There was a lot of like house shows and, you know, bars and clubs, which is, which is totally cool. And it's, it's, uh, it's fun. It was, uh, the first time that we went out, we went out for a month and uh, we booked the whole thing around going to LA because there was one dude who agreed to have a meeting with us. 
who I then went on to sign us. Yeah. Nice. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. So he, he agreed to have a meeting and we could not afford to fly out. So we booked a bunch of like, like hundred dollar gigs, just like on the way out there and on the way back. And it was nice. Yeah, it was, it was, it was nice. It was uh, not glamorous. Yeah. And <laughs> I bet. There was a Calling lot up of friends like, sleeping on couches, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. A lot, a lot of that. A lot of that. <laughs> uh, now, um, we, we have a shuttle bus that we have outfitted with uh, a bunch of bunk beds. Yeah. I saw some and, of the videos uh, on your guys' Instagram. That's awesome. It's, it's honestly so comfortable. We, we, uh, we have Planet Fitness memberships. Uh-huh. So we go and shower and we sleep in the planet fitness parking lots brilliant like whenever we're on the road and it's it's honestly it's so i like it so much more than like staying at people's houses like i get done with the show it's we have a private space to go to yeah which is which is is different sometimes it's cold but it's it's worth it <laughs> You're like hey guys let's just cuddle tonight it's yeah. we're gonna need each other's warmth well and i so that like state of people's houses has been fun along the the path, but the more, the longer you're on the road, there's those yeah. times where even for us, we had one show where they, they got us all individual hotel rooms. Normally we were like, if we had a hotel, we were all piling into one. And oh, it was yeah. the it, one, it was weird because it was like a week and a half straight at that point of just being together. But then all of a sudden it was like, Oh, peace and quiet silence mm-hmm. nobody even though i love these guys there's no one here and that's yeah <laughs> so yeah like having to feel like you're entertaining people at the same time of when you're really should be getting some rest because you're gonna have another eight hours on the road yeah get exhausting yeah i can yeah touring is hard <laughs> <laughs> and you guys so you guys have been doing that pretty solid then for about five years um aside from coven uh yeah so we did we did about uh we did a month in 2017 then we did a month in 2019 then uh in 2018 we our booking agent uh worked at a venue called the vanguard in tulsa and this is a this is a weird story this is like it's like sort of started the trajectory of fox royale and like the shift from guys on a bus so there was this band that this girl i was dating at the time really liked called the Rex and they were playing a show in Tulsa and she broke up with me and I was, I kind of like wanted to flex. So I reached out to our booking agent. I just begged him to put us on the show and uh, he said no. And then like two weeks, then like two weeks before the show, he was like, actually we do, we do have room for a local and we, uh, (laughs) The Rex approved you and two other bands from Tulsa, but you guys are on my agency, so I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to you guys. I was like, all right, nice. Uh, so we we got that, and the bass player of the Rex is a dude named Aaron Kelly, who is a wonderful dude. Uh, he came out of the green room and actually watched our set, which nice. I'm sure you've experienced. It's like a, it's an honor whenever right. like a like a like a like a big time artist, like extends that courtesy, you know? Exactly. Like, and kind so, of same thing. They're on the road constantly and they're getting oh, ready yeah. for a show for them to, to be able to do that. It's not even like a, 
they're arrogant. It's just that reality of like oh, they're yeah. getting prepped for shit too. So yeah, when they make the time, that's pretty cool. That's awesome. Yeah. So that was he came out, watched our set, and he sent uh he sent our music to his manager, uh, who is uh uh I don't, I don't know if he, I don't, I don't want to like talk about, he's a, he's a private dude. I don't know. He's a guy named Richard Rains who, uh, was the executive for drive through records. Okay. And he, I don't know if you remember them early November. I, uh, yeah. I remember yeah, the, the record company name. I don't remember yeah. like artists on them necessarily. But. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he sent our, he sent our music to them and, he told us that and he was like, yeah, dude, I sent, I sent your stuff to my, to my manager. I was like, okay, cool. I was like, yeah, you got a cousin in Nashville, don't you? Yeah, that's great. Like <laughs> for sure, man. Yeah, for sure. But it was like, uh, I mean, we, we were like, yeah, you know, thanks for listening. I don't, we don't expect this is ever going to amount to anything. And then, uh, we get an email from him and he's, he's just talking to us and he's like, yeah, let me, let me hear you guys' demos. Like whatever, whatever you have in the works right now, he's like, just send me what you're writing. And this whole time we keep thinking like, Oh, he's probably not serious. Like this isn't going to go anywhere. And like, eventually he's just going to stop replying and that never happened. And then uh, a couple of years later or about six months or so, I think of just, uh, just messaging him and sending him everything we have. We go out and we meet him and then we got signed to what is now known as war road music management. Nice. Yeah. So that was, they, Oh, they told us when they signed us, they're like, uh, we like your music, but we don't like your name. So you should probably (laughs) change it. And as soon as they said that, uh, we changed it. And then everyone that we talked to was like, yeah, it's a lot better. Like we definitely like, it made so much sense. Yeah, it did. Yeah, I was I, like, man, <laughs> how many people were like not telling us that we had a average at best band name? <laughs> well, and I remember the the guys on a bus. I was like, oh, that's cool. You know, like just kind of like ah. But then when you guys changed it, and honestly, like I I don't know how intentional. It probably sounds like very intentional. It seems like your overall branding shifted, and it yes. shifted to to where it was like all of a sudden it's like oh shit okay, these guys are, are preparing for something. This is what it seemed to communicate, like in everything, your posts and your branding and the name and how you guys approach things. Uh, it, it took on a little, like a little bit more serious, but like in a good way, uh, tone where it's like, all right, these guys yes. are on it. So that's cool. Uh, once, once we got signed, it was like, we, we sort of like kicked everything into like a higher gear. We're like, all right. So the first single that we released was March 6th of 2020, oh. which <laughs> if, if memory, if memory serves is uh, kind of the worst time to launch your new band. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, it's a so that was, that gave us like a nice year to figure out how to push our band forward without like outside of just touring and touring and touring and touring, like, Right. just uh just playing shows like i think we ended up playing i think 10 shows all of 2020 and that was like all before covid yeah so so, so many people i heard there's a uh, one interview is very talented artist mickey p 
and like mm. her band was just coming off a tour and then getting ready for like other tours and like getting ready to release new music and then yeah then the world ended as well <laughs> yeah for for all of us you know really what were some of the things you guys learned uh you know obviously the biggest tool it seems like for a lot of original bands is touring like you really can't beat it just because of all the people you meet and even like you guys like being out in oklahoma you met this person who knew this person next thing you know you got a record deal kind of thing um mm -hmm. but that's taken away and so now you got to get creative now you have to you know run some different scenarios what are the things that you found were effective for you guys um <laughs> a lot of demo editing and recording and writing like it's it's gotten to a point now where it's we sort of came to the realization that uh um touring and playing shows and meeting other bands is is good and that is certainly how you get started but eventually there comes a point when i think writing is where you're gonna really make your career mm. like that's that's my perspective at least is like i think as, as a musician like uh i think i think that the music that you write is going to be the most important thing that you do and right. i still lose sight of that because of the dopamine of playing a live show i'm like let's play more shows let's play more shows <laughs> but uh uh, that's, Back to that's all of us are something. a little bit narcissistic. Like we we want that because <laughs> I I missed it so much. Like we've been rehearsing, getting prepped for our summer, and uh, I'm like, God, I can't wait to. I do a lot of solo stuff, but it's just it's mm. not the same as like being up with a band and jumping around. Like yeah. So when I say a little narcissistic, I'm putting myself in that camp. <laughs> oh, you're <laughs> <as> good. Well. <laughs> I wasn't offended. <laughs> it's it's interesting though because I've been wrestling a lot like trying to boil down like what are the most important things? What what to focus on? And yeah. the two things that keep coming up to me is one brand. But like when I say brand, I mean like more like I think you guys exemplify it really well. A very authentic, not like some made up like sheen kind of thing but like a very authentic and real but focused brand and then the yeah. songs and it's like if you can get those two things and have killer ass songs and the brand together i think that it seems like any band that i've watched their trajectory and they really got to where i want to go they have those things and yeah it's like you yeah. can have a great brand but shitty songs or really good songs but no avenue to get them out there it's mm -hmm. but but yeah the songwriting that's cool that you guys are digging deeper deeper into that uh, yeah. because yeah, it makes all the difference in the world. Are you familiar with, uh, the greeting company or the greeting committee? I'm a the greeting committee. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. The greeting com but yeah, we, their song... uh, we opened for them as guys on a bus at, uh, uh, Truman state university. Sorry. Nice. Yeah. No, you're fine. So that's, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but yeah. That's awesome, man. Well, yeah. Just watching them where they got, I forget the, it's like, all the boys are you left behind or something it's some netflix show yeah. <laughs> of like yeah. movies that i don't really watch <laughs> but my wife was watching it and i come into the room and i'm just looking at this band and i'm hearing the sound i'm like wait a minute that's that's the greeting committee. committee and she's <laughs> yeah. like oh yeah she's like they're really good <laughs> and they're like literally playing in the yeah. party and that song is just such a brilliant song and it god watching them now like they're selling out shows i was watching in new york they're, you know, and they're for listeners, they're based out of Kansas City, but like they had to move a venue because it got sold out. I think they had to move it again. And it's like that song in the right placement has propelled them immensely, as well as the years of hard work they put in to get there. But oh, yeah, <laughs> but yeah that, that was a critical moment. So so for you guys, is it 
is it getting well i guess break if you could break down like what your writing process is looking like now and out of some of those things you learn um so a lot of it is just like nathan will write a chorus and he'll write the progression and we'll record our scratch vocals our scratch guitar and then we will each just sit with the song for as long as we can and we'll just add as many hooks or interesting parts that, that we can and um yeah we just sit with it and try and do something crazy and interesting and try and uh find different variations that fit together so that's most of what i do is just sitting in this room on a midi keyboard just trying to make something that sounds interesting <laughs> that's awesome so it's a, a full collective approach to oh yeah um yeah uh all all four of us uh get writing credits on every song that we put out because we all we all really like dig in um lyrically we <laughs> Me and Evan, our drummer, are very lyrically challenged. My brother is not. He comes out with <laughs> so much. He'll like. He said the he sent me a finished demo yesterday. He was on the way to he was on his way to Nashville to just record with. Uh, uh, I don't remember what his name was. He was just out recording with a dude in Nashville, and he sent me a finished demo at like noon yesterday after driving all night he was like yeah i just recorded this as a voice memo and then uh like i was just singing while i was driving to keep myself awake and i was like dude this is like a good song like my That's he's awesome. so talented my brother is he's amazing when i love like, the lyrics it's great stuff so thank you that's really cool yeah all that that's all him like he'll <laughs> he'll he'll he will say that it was both of us but it was it was him like <laughs> <laughs> he's like it was both of us wink wink <laughs> that's really cool though man are are you guys uh diving into the licensing world what's that look like for you at this moment yeah um we're we're trying to get involved in that um yeah it's uh, a lot of uh i have met some people through licensing that i i never thought that like through like through through the licensing deal that I never thought I would ever meet because it's it's very different from uh, it's very different from playing a show like a lot of times when you're you're playing shows um, you'll like hit up bigger bands be like hey can I can I please can I please open for you please please let me open for you and it's a lot of like you don't get a response or it's like just no <laughs> uh, sometimes you'll get you'll get one but. Uh, it was really strange because once we started getting, uh, once we got on our, our publishing deal, um, we would ask uh, uh, the, the a dude at our label, we'd be like, hey, can you just book us some writing sessions? And then we got to meet uh, the band Moon Taxi. Just I know the name. I, I haven't really listened to them a ton, but I see their name yeah, pop up. Um, I, I think it's their, I think he's the bass player. There's a guy named Wes Bailey. And Nate is, I think he's just going to grab a beer with him while he's in Nashville this week. But like, it's so strange because we've, we've definitely like slid into Moon Taxi's DMs before. <laughs> and like, can we open a show and like not heard back because they're a huge band. And, you know, I'm not like, 
mad at moon taxi for not replying to me and <laughs> that's not what i'm saying but it's like you're like dude, listen dude, guys like, what <laughs> Sorry, no, I'm just kidding i have a lot of bands that i could go off on be like why didn't you reply to me i got, I got a full list of everyone on my uh, on my list of the second hour of the podcast will we'll just let you like air out all of your grievances <laughs> yeah uh but through the uh through the the writing sessions that we've gotten to do because the publishing deal we've gotten to meet people that are just they just spend their days just writing music so it's way easier to sort of get in the door and meet people um i i'm not positive i think i think he has a right with uh the bassist or the guitarist from all american rejects nice this week that's awesome it's, is weird stuff like that where like that's just something I would never think would happen. And my brother's just gonna like go be in a room with him for a couple hours this week. They'll like, go hang it's, out. It's a, my understanding of the writing community in Nashville, they'll probably end it with like going and getting beers together. It seems a very collaborative probably. world. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh uh honestly the writing the writing music part of it is the not not a part that i really enjoy but the the beers and the barbecue places afterwards are <laughs> that's my bread and butter <laughs> hell yeah hell yeah and nashville has such amazing food they have their hot chicken oh my god like yeah we one time like this way too much information but we we had to stop like every hour after leaving nashville because we were there for three days and all we did was mm -hmm. eat hot chicken, and we were like <laughs> really suffering yep. on the way home it's a very long trip uh, back to Kansas City <laughs> for yeah. us, but that's that's really cool that you're finding this collaborative piece within the writing, and it, it so this hits on a, a thing for me. I've been wrestling with this idea, um, so I I'm like a hundred percent convinced in this current market, this current climate. A band, if they're releasing a song, they shouldn't do an album. They should be releasing like singles and pushing it out because it seems a very singles driven market. But yes. whenever I become 100% convinced of anything, I start to try to question myself. Like, why are you 100% convinced? Where could I be wrong? And I was thinking from, so if we flip the script, like with you guys having a pub deal or like living in the licensing world, like if you have a really good route to get your stuff licensed, is it better than to like write as many tunes and put out like a, a double disc CD like you know I sound so ancient a double disc CD but like to put out a full album because now you have avenues in which to put those songs in multiple different places or am I thinking um, about it wrong I don't know that's where I'm questioning myself because because yeah because we're definitely a singles driven band we don't have the licensing avenues right now yeah so I know that's right now I am convinced that's the right direction but I'm wondering for you guys uh, has it shifted any of your strategies personally um we the way we the way we do our licensing is not even it's not that tied to fox royale like okay um we're at a point where if nathan writes a song he's like oh this kind of feels like a country song like we'll send it to the label and we'll put it on a playlist for him we just like take the audio file do whatever you want with it if you want to sell it to somebody or anything like that, just, just do, do whatever you do, whatever you want to do. And it's, is at a point where if, if we believe in something, I don't think we would 
we're not we don't necessarily have to release it under fox royale okay. so we're it's, there's a weird separation between what you do on your uh your pub deal and what you do just as your band so far that's been that's been my experience at least that's interesting it's like yeah it's yeah like it's not really necessarily not everything not every song that you write is a fox royale song it's just, just music like i don't it could go out no it 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 sounds like in a sense i hear you saying like you know pushing out those singles as fox royale is is still kind of the strategy for your particular brand but now it mm. sounds like the world's open to you where you can what brands you can i guess partner with yeah am i saying that correct i think so yeah i don't i don't fully understand really it. Cool. we haven't been on it very long so <laughs> <laughs> still learn it as you go yeah no that's that's cool that's where i just uh anytime like i say anytime i'm like 100 percent convinced then i start like wanting to at least question myself to make sure i'm not missing something uh, yeah. in that and uh, we don't have to worry about that right now necessarily because we don't have <laughs> a pub deal or we're not doing the licensing just yet but um, yeah it has made me wonder about that uh, what do you see next for you guys uh, as you look at the rest of 2022 2023 next steps the rest of 2022 man that's a that's a big question it's uh <laughs> well I what I see is I want to just release music and tour and release more music and tour. And that's, that's, that's most of what I want to do. I want to stop having a day job as soon as I can. (laughs) Uh, Ideally the next two to three years, I think I'd be, I'd be okay with that. Would love it if it happened sooner, but yeah, that's, that's, that's my big goal is just to get out of the day job, you know? And, just keep writing songs and I'm, I'm personally trying to get more into the production side of it. Like, like the tracking and things like that. Cause I, like I'm, I know how to write melodies and stuff, but I'm not much of a, a lyricist and the production element and like mixing and stuff like that is overwhelming and scary. I'm sure you've experienced that. <laughs> uh, yes. There's a lot. Yeah. That's I, I, I'm enough. I know enough to kind of get around in logic and but that's mm-hmm. one reason I still work with producers because I just know their wisdom and their wealth of experience and in, in that world yeah. is going to take it way beyond what I could possibly do. But uh, yeah. but yeah, it's and it's interesting though. My understanding of a lot of licensing as well is is the instrumental is the hottest yeah. stuff that people are grabbing, even if it it's is a popular the song. They're, <laughs> they're pulling yeah, they're pulling the vocals off and and putting the instrumentals in. So production yeah. Sounds like a great direction to go, my man. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. I, uh, I don't know. I hope I, I hope I figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> don't we all? Don't we all? Now, on a on a personal note, for you, I saw like you're married, right? I am and, married. Yes. And doing this, doing this whole world of arts in marriage, like I've I've been married now. We're coming up on 12 years. Uh, we have four kids. Uh, there's seasons where I saw my band guys more than I saw my family. I think. Um, so I'm curious for you, what are, what's that experience been like? And, you know, for, for those listening, you know, what, what are some of the tools maybe you use just to, to, I guess, be there in your relationship, even when you're not there? Um, phone calls, uh, <laughs> doesn't matter how tired you are. You, you pick up the phone, you call her, like you, you say goodnight, 
uh, you call, say good morning. Uh, as far as touring, um, just I, I send every meme that I see, I send to her, um, <laughs> which is, you know, that's a, that's, that's a, that's a more recent development for this generation, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, just, just keep on, just keep on calling. Like that's, that's, that's my advice for being on the road. Um, I'd say when you're home, uh, just spend as much time as you can with her. Give her, just, just give, give her as much time as you can. Just hang out date nights and maybe don't keep the TV on all the time when you guys are hanging out. Like just like make the most out of the time that you do have together because once you get on the road for like a month at a time, it's, it's, it's hard and it's, it's, yeah. it's hard on her more because she is not getting that, that dopamine rush that you're getting. So it's not, she does not, she's not experiencing that reward the way that you are. So that, uh, that, that's my big advice. Just take care of her, listen to her, take care of her any way that you can. That's awesome. And that's a great perspective too. to just always remind yourself. It's like on tour, it's like, sometimes it's like a big party. Sometimes you're just hanging out with all your best friends the whole time, you know, and it's like, there's a lot of work involved, but you know, it is, it's way different than like my wife was at home taking care of the kids and running her business and doing the thing like holding shit down <laughs> mm-hmm. while, you know, I'm out, you know, networking and drinking whiskey at a party or, you know, those kind of things. Yeah. <laughs> and, but that's a great perspective just have is like, it's much harder on the people that are there than, than you being behind. Yeah. So, that's really cool, man. Well, uh, dude, one, I'm excited. We got a show coming up, uh, May 25th doing the Kansas city so far. So that's awesome. gonna be fun. I don't. I don't know if your agent let you guys know that or not. <laughs> um, I'll be honest with you. I so my job is to advance shows. So I send the email two weeks ahead of time. Oh, so, okay. So right, that's what I, you know. I don't. I don't know anything that's more than like two weeks out. <laughs> like, I, I knew. I knew when you messaged me about it. I knew that that show was we were we we're gonna end up on it. But uh, I didn't. I don't. I don't know about dates or anything. But yeah, that that's great. That's uh, that's exciting. Yeah, it'll be fun. It's going to be a great night. We got the Royal Chief with us, an uh, incredible rapper. Uh, so it'll be oh, awesome. a fun, kind of eclectic night of music, but I think it's all going to merge really well. Uh, but yeah. but wrapping it up, I got two more questions for you uh, based, off the, based off the podcast. So uh, first one, right now in your life, how would you define living a great life? How would I define living a great life? Um... I'd say doing something that you're passionate about, that you find satisfaction in, even when it's not uh, financially rewarding or sustainable. Like <laughs> uh, that is, I, I, I personally, when I when I feel satisfied and happy with my life is when I'm working on things that I care about and not uh, making things harder on. Me and my wife. <laughs> That's <laughs> that is when I feel satisfied. Is when she's taken care of, and like when when there, there's a middle ground where you're able to take care of everything that you care about, hmm. and that is when when I'm when I'm riding that line. That is when I feel happy. When my life feels at its best. So I love it. 
And yeah. there's a, a business writer. I'm, I'm kind of a nerd. I love a lot of business books. And uh, Jim Collins is called uh, Good to Great. But he has like three circles that he talks about, like the most effective companies. And I think it, it, apply, it applies personally as well, where it's like the thing you can be the best in the world at, the thing that brings you like joy or happiness or peace, and then the thing that actually provides a s- sustainable income. <laughs> it's like when you can yeah. find a way they all overlap that's when like these companies they were studying started thriving and i think that's when people start thriving so i I love that man all right last last question right now in your life how would you define creating great things man i don't have a deep answer for this i'm gonna go pretty base level if you make something and you like it I think you've created something great. That's awesome. That's all. That's 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 all I have on that. It's like if you if you believe in it and you care about it, then I think you've created something great. Well, I think if 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 you look at it and you like don't want to show people or you're ashamed of it or anything like that, there might be something to get past there. Hmm. Or maybe it's okay to try it a different way. Like you're not if you create something and then think, oh my gosh, this is terrible. Like that doesn't. That's not you like just just try it again or give up on it. It's okay. It's okay to give up on like a project. Don't give up on your creative endeavor. But like specifically in music, it's like if I write a song and I'm like, oh, I actually hate this song, then it's okay to like <laughs> never think about it again. Like I don't think there's a shame in that. But it's also like you can do whatever you want to do. No one's gonna tell you, no one can tell you how you have to do stuff. So yeah. That's, that's, that's what I think. I dig it, man. Well, and by being, you know, base level, I actually think it, it is deep, uh, when you really sit with it. And it seems like people I've, I've talked with are struggling their creative process. It's like, they forgot what you just shared. Like, do you enjoy it? Because maybe that's where the problems lie. You know, that I'm trying to create something that for other purposes, other than like an authentic, uh, communication. So. That's cool, man. I dig it. Well, let everyone know how they can reach out to you, how they can uh, follow Fox Royale as we uh, sign off. Yeah. Um, We are on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, Apple Music. It's Fox Royale, F-O-X space R-O-Y-A-L-E. And that is at We Are Fox Royale on Twitter and Instagram. And yeah, that's it. That's that's all of it. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, thanks for making the time, man. Absolutely. It's good to see you, Miguel. Thank you for listening to the Live and Create podcast. If you like what you heard, make sure you subscribe and leave a comment or a review. The Live and Create podcast.